Matt Schaff and Jared Small of DraftSharks.com here to run you through the top waiver wire targets for week four of your fantasy football season. And Jared, no story in the NFL this week is bigger than the Dolphins dropping 70 points on the Broncos. I don't care what people say about Taylor Swift. Included seven touchdowns from their running backs alone. And of course, Devon A-Chain really kind of came out of nowhere. We were all excited about the speed, but the guy went from inactive week one to two touches in week two to 18 carries, four catches, 233 total yards against Denver. He's already rostered in most of the leagues of people that are watching this and subscribing to DraftSharks.com. But at this point, A-Chain's got to be rostered everywhere, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he should be rostered everywhere. If you're in a, a you know a league with Fab, he's a pretty much spend all your Fab to get him. I know we said that last week about Jerome Ford. I think A-Chain is just as good a pickup as Ford was last week, if not better. I mean, we saw the the upside. His speed in this system, there's going to be a lot more big games coming. And we'll just see how the backfield evolves. And Raheem Mostert's been awesome so far this season in his own right. Jeff Wilson's going to be back at some point, we think. But I mean, what A-Chain showed this past week, I mean, you, know, you can't go away from that. He definitely belongs on a roster everywhere. He will. I mean, he's going to be in starting lineups everywhere next week because everybody will be scared to miss out on whatever's next. <laughs> I will say that there is still plenty of potential for for Devon A-Chain and Raheem Mostert and eventually Jeff Wilson to frustrate you going forward because this is not going to be a backfield where we know exactly how the touches are going to get distributed. We'll never get another game like this one where they score 70 points and every touch ends up in the end zone. But the game showed the ultimate upside of this offense that anybody in it can score. They targeted these guys for their speed. So I certainly agree A-Chain should be rostered everywhere. I'm curious to see where things go to see just how startable he is week to week now that we have this extreme to yeah. one end example to start things off. Yeah, for sure. A-Chain outcarried Mostert, though, in that game when the game was within three scores before it got out of hand and they ended up bringing in Chris Brooks. As well. I mean, I've never seen an NFL game like that. Um, so yeah. it's tough to know exactly what to take away from it. But I mean, we know about A-Chain's speed and we you just want... I mean, the Dolphins are this year's offense where you just want any piece of it. As long as Tua stays healthy, you just want to be starting Dolphins. Yeah. When in doubt, you start the speedy guy that has Mike McDaniel calling plays for him. I will say it's also a good time to go ahead and stash Jeff Wilson Jr. because nobody's going to be targeting him after he was the only Dolphin that didn't score a touchdown because he's not playing yet. He's on IR right now. As far as we know, he should be back in week five. We'll see. If you stash him now and he's not and he's never anything, then you drop him for something else and it's no big deal. Tank Dell was also a big story coming out of week three. The guy now, another fellow rookie, has played three NFL games so far. The first had him as wide receiver four for Houston because Noah Brown was a starter with Nico Collins and Robert Woods. Brown hit IR after that game. Now Dell has led the team in targets in each of the past two weeks. Jared, it's not to A-chain level of everybody needs to have him, but it's almost there, yeah. right? Where he should be on a roster in basically every league. Yeah, I mean, at least leagues of 10-plus teams, probably even leagues of 8-plus teams. Dell is going to find himself in wide receiver three range in our weekly rankings going forward. And you know, I don't know, maybe he moves up from there even. We'll see. But um, yeah, team leading 24% target share over the past two weeks since moving into that full-time role. Team leading 37% of the air yards. I mean, Nico Collins was the cover boy of our sleeper article all, all summer. And he he's he, that, no, that's going to be a hit. He looks like a weekly wide receiver wide receiver three going forward as well but at this point i might bet on dell outscoring nico collins the rest of the season and that's key i think is to embrace the uncertainty at affordable levels here but embrace that uncertainty like we don't have to decide right now and especially if you just have a team or a few teams you don't have to decide who's going to be better between nico collins and tank dell the fact that none of us really knows that nobody here is established and proven 
adds upside to both of them. And you don't have to pay a whole lot to get Tank Dell if he's available on your waivers. I mean, you have to pay more than you would have a week or two ago, but you're still paying relatively less than if you tried to trade for Nico Collins, for example. So go ahead, grab Tank Dell. You very well might have a wide receiver three level starter with wide receiver two upside going forward this season. Those two guys, Devon A-Chain and Tank Dell, lead off our week four waiver wire article, but we know that they're already rostered in many leagues. So we dig much deeper than that. We've got options for typical 12 team leagues. We've got options for deep leagues. We've got super flex pickups this week. We've even got a deep stash with the potential to turn into something down the road if you're patient with him, we got, we call that grab this guy. And that there's one of those in every single article every week throughout the year. So check out DraftSharks.com for our deep waiver wire pickups article. We got someone for your league, Jared, for now, let's move on to the chargers wide receivers. And Mike Williams is done for the year after tearing his ACL, his left ACL. So that leaves the question of who's up next, Quentin Johnston or Josh Palmer, you know, there are, there are some leagues where both are available. There are some leagues where neither is available. So let's just assume for the moment that both are available. And which way are you going? I mean, both guys should be added in most leagues at this point because, you know, after the Chargers went surprisingly run heavy in week one, they, they went pass heavy against Tennessee in week two, as we expected. And then they leaned pass again this past week. So, I mean, we'll see what happens when Austin Eckler gets back. I'm sure that's had at least part to do with it. But this is going to be a fast-paced, pass-leaning offense. Mike Williams leaves behind 8.7 targets per game over the first three weeks of the season, 21% target share. Quinn Johnson's definitely the upside play. He's the one you, you want to grab first. If one of these guys is going to become something close to what Mike Williams was, which was, you know, was a weekly wide receiver too, it's going to be Quentin Johnson because, you know, he he's, he's the guy that can best approximate what Mike Williams does for this offense. He's going to be the one that gets the downfield shots. Mike Williams' role, too, the Chargers had been using him in the slot more. He had run, he had played 29% of his snaps in the slot so far this season. He'd also seen four screens already. They'd been, you know, using him not just as a deep guy, which was obviously good for his role. And that's going to be good for Quentin Johnston's role, too, if he gets it, because you know, we talked about all offseason, Johnston is a prospect. To me, his after the catch ability is the best part of his game. Now, you might think, uh, tall, fast guy is best getting downfield. And he can do that. But to me, he's best after the catch. So I trust Kellen Moore to you know understand how to use Quentin Johnston. And again, if he is ready, Johnston could be a wide receiver too longer term. I'm not sure he's ready for that right away you know, as far as like week four goes. But um, you know, back half of the season, you, you could have a top 20 fantasy wide receiver. Yeah, I agree with all that. I think Josh Palmer seems like the safer bet for week four production, but I would be careful about even assuming that because we've seen so far, even though Palmer has been playing a lot more, Quentin Johnston has beaten him in targets per route. So if both of them get their playing time bumped up this week, even if Palmer's playing more than Quentin Johnston, it won't necessarily mean more targets for Palmer. And like you were just talking about, Johnston is the explosive player. He's the guy they just took in round one. So clearly they believe in the talent. I think betting on talent when it's close otherwise is generally a good way to go at wide out. So go after Quentin Johnston where he's available. I know that there are plenty of leagues where that's not the case this week. Running back now, Jared, and not even a month into the season, it's already to the point where ugly running backs are the most attractive guys every week. And this week, it's Melvin Gordon who is up. He's your Matt Breida pickup of the week. You called him that in our chat outside of this. And that's like something that you kind of say to a player's detriment, but it's like, yeah, exactly. It's the guy that if you absolutely need a running back, he might lead a backfield this week. Not attractive, but people might need Melvin Gordon this week. Yeah, and I think he's the potential Matt Breda of the week because he's going to need 
Gus Edwards and Justice Hill not not to play in week four to, to really have any fantasy value. Gus Edwards in the c- concussion protocol, so he's you know probably a bit worse than 50-50 to play this weekend. Justice Hill, all the reporting on his injury was that it was minor. So I'm kind of tentatively expecting Justice Hill back this week, kind of tentatively expecting Gus Edwards not to play. And if that's the case, like Gordon, yeah, would be that Matt Breda level play where you know, he's probably going to be sitting running back 40 or so in our rankings. He's it's just – he, he's not good at this point of his career. He averaged 3.5 yards per carry for the Broncos last season, averaged 3.2 yards per carry for the Ravens last week. And it's this Browns matchup for Baltimore in before. You look at basically any defensive metric right now, the Browns are number one ahead of you know the Cowboys, ahead of the 49ers. So um, just tough to get excited about Melvin Gordon. He's, he's a guy that'll give you know, six, seven points if you're totally desperate for a running back. Agreed. If you are getting excited about Melvin Gordon waivers this week, then you are overexcited about him because it's nothing. It's nothing exciting. It's if you need somebody that might get touches, he might get touches. Latavius Murray might be my overall favorite target at running back on waivers this week because he's been beating Damian Harris in work so far, especially in the receiving area. They're getting the ball. He and Damian Harris near the goal line. Latavius Murray has already scored, scored um, Sunday against Washington. So Davis Murray is somebody that I would go ahead and consider adding yeah. right now, not just for the handcuff value in case James Cook goes down, but because there is already just the potential that he punches in a touchdown and is yeah. useful for you in any week where you're pressed into using him. Yeah, for sure. And I, I still think Damian Harris is worth stashing too. Like I think if Cook missed time, you'd probably see Murray and Harris basically splitting rushing work down the middle, but then Murray would be the one getting the passing network. So he'd be the better fantasy bet, but it, there wouldn't be a, a huge gap between those two. Wide receiver stashes. Who do you like at that position besides? who we've already talked about i mean it's got it's got to be marvin mims like it's criminal that denver has not expanded his role more so and it's slowly slowly climbing if you look at you know snap counts and route rates and that stuff but i mean mims leads denver in receiving yards despite being eighth on the team in routes run all this guy does is make big plays including the 99 yard kick return touchdown last week he just meshes really well with russell wilson because wilson still likes throwing those you know rainbow deep shots downfield and he's been connecting with mims on those so mims is still not startable until he you know gets you know above like 50 percent of the snaps at least god they can't they can't keep running uh you know brandon johnson and little jordan humphrey out there over marvin marvin mims i think sean payton will come to his senses pretty quickly here can't even run big jordan humphrey over marvin mims with the way he's going and sean payton's not an idiot if it was still nathaniel hackett i would say that guy's a dummy and i wouldn't bet on him getting marvin mims in there but sean payton's not a dummy so i agree i would like to stash marvin mims and wait for it to happen if you need somebody that can be an option sooner. I still like Devonte Parker. He's never going to pop. Like there might be a week or two along the way where he pops for that week. But what I like about him is that he's the best wide receiver on a team that's weak in wide receiver talent. The Patriots are fourth in the league in pass attempts so far. They've been effective enough not big numbers against the Jets on Sunday in week three, but we weren't expecting big numbers against the Jets because they were pretty good defense. So Devontae Parker, I think, is a, a nice guy to have on your roster if you are not loving your wide receiver core and you need somebody that can mix in as a wide receiver three or a flex option for PPR. Yeah, 100% of the routes for Parker in his week two return and then 93% last week. But, you know, he, he led the team both weeks. So he, he's the Patriots wide receiver to own. I want to mention Josh Downs real quick too. Eight catches on 12 targets last week, a 27% target share. He had a 14% target share in week one, a 16% target share in week two. Um, you know, th- this Colts passing game continues to be, you know, a, a bit more productive than we thought it was going to be. And, you know, Downs is the clear number two option in the passing game it's there's not going to be big upside because his you know 
a dot is, is very low and you know he's, he's just not a big play guy in general um but if, especially in ppr leagues if you're looking for someone that can give you, you know four or five six catches a week i think downs is someone worth grabbing sad for alec pierce who seems like he should line up well with anthony richardson's deep ball but yeah it looks like josh downs is the number two option there and then rounding things up with somebody else in the division but a team we already talked about cj stroud I think that he jumps out as an option if you're looking for a week four streamer at QB. And it's not a great week for streamers if you look at guys who are just not rostered by that many teams. But I think CJ Stroud, you wouldn't have guessed going in that he might be a streamer for a matchup with Pittsburgh. I think he's that. And I think there's the potential that he can help you beyond that. What do you think of CJ Stroud? I'm like all in on Stroud long-term, like just what he's shown already uh, behind what is just incredibly banged up and just poor performing offensive line right now. So I'm even more excited to see what uh, Stroud can do when he has better pass protection. I worry about that this week against the Steelers. I think that's just a major mismatch there, pass rush against this Texans O-line. But you know, Pittsburgh's pass defense is beatable if Stroud has time. You know, we've, we've talked about the weapons, you know, tank down Nico Collins. Robert Woods is off to a, a pretty productive start. And then just the Texans continuing to lean pass. You know, they're, they're still above average in terms of pass rate over expected. So there's definitely a lot to like with C.J. Stroud. I'm a little gun-shy to use him this week. I, did, I was looking at his schedule this morning. He gets Tennessee in weeks 15 and 17. So, you know, two weeks of the fantasy playoffs, you know, one of the best passing matchups. So Shroud is def- should definitely be rostered if you don't have like a locked in quarterback starter. Yeah. When I say streamer, I don't mean go pick up CJ Stroud and start him over that guy that you started the first three weeks. But if you're hard up for whatever reason and looking for somebody this week, I think that there's upside, certainly some risk, but also upside because Pittsburgh is much weaker in the secondary than it is in that pass rush. So if he can hold up against that the, and get the ball out, then uh, should be in decent shape after Pittsburgh there at Atlanta. So we'll see about those two games. And then there's a home game against New Orleans in week six that looks like a negative matchup so far. We'll see by that particular week ahead of a week seven by. Um, and then we'll see beyond that. Maybe CJ Stroud is somebody that we hold on our rosters until that terrific playoff schedule. Of course, the free agent finder is going to be your ultimate tool for working the waiver wire. It syncs directly with your league. So you know exactly who is available to you gives you multiple sorting options. So you can look at the options by whatever measure you choose, compare the available players with your current roster to see exactly who we'd recommend dropping to pick up that guy that you need. If you haven't done so already, become a DS insider to access the free agent finder and the rest of our powerful tools that are always there ready to help you win your season. <music> 